Good afternoon, everyone. Today's session is being interpreted into Spanish. Sam and Zuli, will you please introduce yourself and let our viewers know how to enable translation on their devices? Yes, thank you for having us. Hello, everyone. My name is Sam Guzman with the CLC. And along with my colleagues, Zuli, we will be interpreting today's meeting into Spanish. Uh, I will now give the instructions in Spanish. Buenas tardes a todos. Mi nombre es Samuel Guzmán con la CLC. Y juntamente con mi colega Zuli estaremos interpretando la reunión de hoy al español. Si desea escuchar la reunión en español, simplemente vaya a su pantalla y encuentre el icono de, icono de globo que dice interpretación. Oprima ese botón y seleccione su idioma de español. Muchas gracias. Thank you very much. Thank you, Sam. Welcome to the general public comment session of October 30th. Before reconvening our regular meeting, Council provides a half-hour general public comment session to hear from the public on city matters, except for when scheduled for a legally required public hearing. To maximize time for resident comment, while Council will not offer comments from the dais, Council or staff may contact folks following their comment if they raise matters that lend themselves to follow-up. For those participating in person, when called upon, please come to the podium. On the presentation monitor on the wall, you'll see your time counting down. For those participating virtually, when called upon, please wait until our host promotes you to speaker. When you are promoted, please accept the promotion, turn on your camera if you have one, and your microphone. All speakers should begin their remarks by telling council their name, and you will have three minutes to speak. Please refrain from profane or obscene speech, direct your comments to council as a whole, and refrain from individual or personal attacks, including disparaging other speakers' motives. We will begin with Matthew Murray, who signed up in chambers. Come on up. Right here. Hi, um, my name's Matt Murray. I live at 1601 Park Avenue. Um, and I'm here to uh, call on the council to hold the line for the $17.5 million in rental assistance, um, making it a total of $30.1 million in rental assistance. This is essential for struggling families. Um, we've had families that um, are not able to actually get any rental assistance because the rental assistance has already ran out this year, the $22 million for 2023. So I'm asking you to hold the line and vote yes on October 30th. Thanks. Thank you very much. Our next speaker who signed up in chambers, Anna Gloom. Afternoon, council. I'm Anna, as you all know. Um, I'm here to actually talk about um, property management action. Um, first off, I'd like to throw my uh, support behind please voting for more rental assistance. It's needed badly for everybody in this city. Um, also, I wanted to talk about holding property management companies and landlords accountable for low income and especially voucher holding rental uh, residents of Denver. We have had so many constant reports of lack of safety, uh, infestation of roaches, ADA non-compliant buildings, buildings that are supposed to be ADA compliant that elevators are not working and have people who are literally can be stuck on the sixth to seventh floor because their elevator is not working and they're in a wheelchair. I mean, this is, this is insane. This is, 
not right to do this to people just because they're on vouchers. It's a lot of predatory uh, landlords and predatory pe property owners going after voucher people and then using the fact that we're poor, especially people with vouchers, because we cannot use things like withholding rent. If we have problems, we cannot be done. We can't do that. We are not allowed to use medical marijuana in the properties. If, if even if we have a card, we're not allowed to. Um, I can get, I mean, I can keep going on. Uh, there's just that the, these property managers are not being held accountable and we need to start holding them accountable because they're throwing people out. They're getting people evicted. People are getting sick. People are getting hurt. And sooner or later, something's going to happen where somebody is going to die because of something being like an elevator out that they can't get out of their building in an emergency situation. Thank you. Thank you very much. Our next speaker in chambers is Mariana Thompson. Good evening, Council and all watching. Mariana, residing in President Torres's district. First of all, I want to say we definitely need all of you to, to vote yes as far as allocating more money for rent. That is gonna be the number one thing as far as preventing more homelessness. We already got too many homeless people on the streets. I wanna acknowledge a council person who called on the housing czar, Cole Chandler, asking him if the housing conditions are safe. Well, here today, I am speaking on, as you've heard me many times, about the living conditions in HUD housing. You have no rights. In prison or jail, you file a kite, a grievance, and it's investigated. Where do you go with issues when you're in a HUD building? File a complaint with HUD and or CHAFO, only for them to speak with the property manager and depict you as a problematic tenant. Just because a person is in poverty and has to accept a voucher for housing, which is a human right, does not mean that they should be subjugated to violations under the warranty of habitability, mold, roaches, mice, crime. Council, we need independent third-party hotline to investigate these complaints and keep people in safe housing. I lived at the residence at Franklin Park for eight years, managed by Selden Corporation out of Omaha, Nebraska. I experienced a busted main sewer line pipe with a note on my door not to shower or flush the toilet for a week. We had to get us tenants demanding to, that, that management pour water down our toilet to dispose of our human waste. Another time, the boiler was out for almost two weeks awaiting a part. We were told to boil water to bathe, a major safety risk. A fire on the 10th floor with no fire alarm that went off and the fire department couldn't find a shutoff valve, resulting to water damage and mold to approximately 20 apartments that took two years to fix. ADA violations, such as the automatic front door jammed that our blind community kept bumping into it and had to be pried open manually to enter. There also were four suicides, two overdoses, and a constant smell of meth and fentanyl. 
having to accept the above living conditions just because you are housed under a voucher is an atrocity that needs to be addressed immediately. Remember, as we all say, housing is a human right for all, not just for the rich. Thank you very much. Our next speaker in chambers is Deanne Hampton. Is Deanne online? Oh, you're right here, thank you. Hello, I just wanted to talk about, I do work in the community and I do have a voucher too and I've lived in un unhabitable conditions. Uh, Black Mole, the management company broke, what is it, the 2496 hour warranty of In February this year, I moved out in September. They finally fixed it after I moved out. So it's just not fair that we all have to, if we have vouchers or low income housing, we have to live like this. Mold, mice, bed bugs, cockroaches, um, and the landlords are living in very nice, expensive homes themselves. So we need to get it under control and shut these landlords down. Thank you. Thank you very much. Our next speaker is Nick Walter in Chambers. Hi, my name is Nick Walter. I'm a member of House Keys Action Network Denver. Um, I'm here to talk to you about property management and action and tenant protections. I'd like to, for all of you just to consider um, your family. If they were to live in some of these conditions, how would you feel? You know, we're seeing uh, construction buildings that have poor infrastructure. Uh, we're seeing sanitation risks. We're seeing mold. We're seeing mice. We're seeing all kinds of problems, roaches, bed bugs. Um, we're seeing excessive fees. We're seeing extreme rent hikes, hundreds of dollars at a time. How, how can we afford this? Our wages are not going up. We're seeing slow maintenance repairs. People are having mold and it's not getting resolved for weeks, months at a time. Even if they are calling on their property management, how is that okay? We need proper protections in ways that we can report this that are outside of our actual complexes so we can get support from the city. We need to be able to have inspectors for city inspectors to come in when there are problems like this, we need to be able to, to verify this and actually take care of it. ADA compliance issues with people um, that are on vouchers is, is a real situation. You know, how are we protecting them? How are we making sure that all of the, the maintenance is being taken care of? How would you feel if your family member was trapped in an apartment when there was an emergency and they couldn't get down because the elevator didn't work and they were in a wheelchair. I can't imagine how that would feel. As someone in that position, I, there's no way I, I can even relate to that because it's so different from where I'm at right now. But I have to put myself in those people's shoes because we have to advocate for them. Thank you. Thank you very much. Our next speaker in chambers, Acretius McGill. Um, Acretius couldn't be here because he has severe disabilities. He texted me a message. Um, he said he's not doing well enough to continue going on. That cold air coming through the windowsill is affecting him. He's got an inflamed throat right now. His voice is hoarse. His throat is irritated. He hopes that someone will speak for what he represents. He's a disabled denizen, a Denver citizen. Um, he has been a rehabbed patient. Um, who has gone through over a hundred different procedures. He has severe mobility issues. 
Um, and 25 of those over 100 were non-sedated. He has been at the, 20, at the emergency shelter in 2019 by the, that the mayor's office and staff set up. And he is now a first time tenant-based ADA compliance section eight voucher holder. He is dealing with the frustrations of bureaucracy of the housing authority and case management issues. Um, he is dealing with slum lordness. He came to House Keys Action Network Denver to raise this issue because he had instances of uh, leaking ceilings that weren't being addressed for months. He has now had um, mold infestations in his home. Um, he had a note from the doctor that was asking for reasonable accommodations that was um, ignored. He has, has uh, four different medical health insurances that he pays for, and he, because of that, has a voucher that pays the majority of his rent, and he's only supposed to pay around $18 a month. Um, the problem is that the housing authority has not been communicating adequately with property management, which has resulted in his fees of around 18 a month going up to over $1,000 because of the severe issue. His mobility issues also mean that he has a lot of trouble with stairs, or with being able to open doors. The handicap accessible button in his building is non-functional. In fact, the wiring has been cut, so it's completely severed. Um, his elevator has not been able to work. And uh, in a case of emergency, he has been told that he and other people with mobility issues should stay in their apartment and wait for somebody to come get them. He knows that this would mean his certain demise as well as that of his neighbors who are dealing with similar situations. He is in a Volunteers of America building, um, Boulevard One Residences, and he is asking that city council please um, support him and provide some support. He has tried with legal battles and faced um, you know, issues with advocacy in terms of uh, his lawyers not being able to represent him appropriately. And so he is really at a point of um, being stuck in this situation and he is pleading for action, so please, consider looking into this, Volunteers of America, Boulevard One Residences. The building is five years old. It shouldn't be having these issues, but because he is poor and because um, people don't seem to care and are collecting money on his voucher, um, it's not being addressed. So thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker is Terry Washington. Hello, Council. Um, coming before you um, about property management, I'm having issues with. Um, I feel that no one that is on a voucher or that is low income should have issues with their voucher. Um, they're entering the apartments without permission not even a 24-hour notice. They are saying that we sign papers that we are not knowledgeable about, but um, they're saying that they have to do inspections, um, unknown inspections that are being um, performed without any consent, any paperwork, any nothing, just coming in. Um, and the day that they came in, I was at my physical therapist and um, I got a call from a neighbor and they informed me that um, 
the management was going in my apartment. And I said, for what? Um, they hadn't informed me or anything. And I go, I, I, I told the neighbor to tell him I'll be there in 15 minutes. I got there in 15 minutes. She told me, for what? I will be entering into your apartment whether you give me permission or not. And I said, how is that? I was always told you have to give us a 24 to 72 hour notice. She told me she does not have to give me any permission. I feel I've been violated. I've been disrespected. I have no privacy. This is going on with our voucher, low income um, tenants. Um, and they have no say so to nothing is going on at these um, properties. And I think it needs to be addressed. That's why I'm coming before you. It hurts me once again, because I hate to see anyone go through that and I'm facing it right now. So I'm asking you to look into this. Um, I don't feel it's fair. Sometimes I think it's a, um, a racial situation because it has happened more in the property to biracial people, um, African-Americans. I don't understand what's going on. Um, I pay my rent on time. I, um, I don't disrespect no one. Thank I don't you be so called much. to the That's office for nothing. Thank you Thank for being you. here. Our next speaker is Jacob in Chambers. Signed up as Jacob Hand. Okay. We'll go on to V. V is next in queue. So um, I want to, you know, speak also to the property management in action. Um, there are some actions that we can take as city council. There's a reason that we're coming to speak to city council. Um, we have sp spoken to residents across Colorado, but Denver is a leader in Colorado. Um, and the policies that we choose to enact, um, starting from city council districts, then citywide and then statewide uh, can have a lot of influence. Um, we also understand the relationship with host and the relationship between host and housing authorities and see a lot of influence there. So what we're asking for is a citywide accountability agency for oversight of property management, which would include whistleblower hotlines, especially for HUD housing that are maintained regularly and responsive. That's the biggest issue that we're seeing is um, housing authorities are um, not able to communicate directly with people who are the residents. If they do communicate, it's with uh, case managers on occasion and um, with uh, the property managers themselves. Access to more resources to support the tenants, starting with that additional rental assistance of funding of 17.5 million for the 2023 budget. Pressuring local housing authorities to address the staffing shortage, which is the biggest issue that they are giving right now for their lack of communication. Improve response time to calls from tenants, and they should be reporting to the city how many tenants on vouchers have been evicted, especially those due to housing authorities non-payment. This is something that we're seeing a lot of people have to deal with. Um, so 
Um, specifically, just want to again highlight the fact that our formerly unhoused and poor and disabled are the ones who are most affected by this right now. Um, and voucher holders specifically have restrictions on their rights due to higher rates of eviction. Um, Project-based vouchers are tied to properties that force tenants to deal with property management inadequacies or else lose their rental assistance. Um, ten there's a tendency to attract slumlords who are in it for the money and not tenants' best interest. Property managers are refusing to evict unsafe tenants who threaten their neighbor's safety. Unlike non-voucher tenants, and this is really important, tenants cannot withhold rent in protest when rental agreements are not upheld on the property's end because housing authorities are paying that regardless. They're unable, like we heard before, to use medical marijuana despite having a med card in HUD buildings. Housing for the unhoused tends in general to be in greater disarray while also having stricter rules. And the recently unhoused are at higher risk always of having their rights violated due to their status as well as those who are disabled and are unable to um, to speak on their own accord due to the disabilities that they're also facing and not being successful in housing will result in many more returning to the streets. Our next speaker in chambers is Andy True. Andy True, I think might be over Zoom. Is there anyone online? Yeah, great, thank you. Yes, I'm online, I'm here. Go ahead, Andy. Um, hi, actually, uh, Council President, this is Donna Smith. I logged in as Andy True because uh, that was the registration given to me. I live at Grand Lowry Lofts at 200 Rampart Way, which is in the Lowry neighborhood. Um, we recently had a real problem with no heat um, in our building. Again, we had no heat at the end of the winter last year and we're sure to be fixed by the start of this year, it was not. Uh, the, the frustration that we all have here is that our property manager, Rose Community Management, uh, gets a huge amount of backing from several agencies for affordable housing options that they uh, take care of or don't take care of. Um, we had three fire alarms over the weekend that we think were, were of no consequence, but again, I am a disabled person. I just had foot surgery. I'm on a knee walker. I can't go down the stairs. And had it been a real emergency all three times, who knows? I don't know. And that happens frequently here. I do want to say that because I know uh, many of you on the, on the commission, on the council know me in a different capacity in my community advocacy capacity. And I don't want to talk about that, but it shouldn't mean that someone like me has to reach out and get very loud in order to get any action to have heat. My husband is almost 80 years old. Um, I'm not a youngster. We pay our rent every month, every month. We are pristine renters. We used to get some tax credit assistance but that was discontinued for us without any warning. We don't know why. Our building held the highest number of heating complaints last winter in the city of Denver. And that's sad to me. Dwight Eisenhower walked the halls of these buildings. And fortunately for me, this weekend when I got really loud, I did hear back from a couple of my city, uh, city people, including my council um, a members, um, staff member, thank you, Amanda Sawyer, for having a responsive staff member. And thank you to the Department of Health and Environment for reaching out, Danica Lee. I didn't know her and I'm very appreciative for a weekend reach out. 
But again, I should not have to do that. It shouldn't have to be that kind of reach in our city to get people fair treatment by property managers. And these folks get licensed without anybody checking to make sure the heat works, the fire alarms are appropriate. So I echo all the things that have been said in chamber and thank you so much for the work you're doing. We want the unhoused to be housed, but we also want those of us who are paying for rent in any capacity to be housed safely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Our next speaker who signed up in chambers is Chris Current. Hello. <clears throat> I work in the housing assistance department of the largest service provider to unhoused people in the state of Colorado and one of the largest in the country. I work on a pilot program called SWISHY, which stands for Statewide Supportive Housing Expansion. SWISHY works to house so-called revolving door clients who live in and out of the hospital system in Denver. SWISHY hopes to get Medicaid to pay for housing for disabled homeless people. Despite its lofty goals, the SWISHY program has repeatedly housed individuals who use wheelchairs or mobility devices in units that are not ADA designated. This means it is incredibly difficult for these individuals to access certain features of their apartments due to their being in a wheelchair or using a mobility device. I have raised the issue of ADA noncompliance as high as the CEO of the organization I work for and have been placated or ignored by every single person in management. I have been told it doesn't matter if our clients can comfortably access the bathrooms in their units because at least we are getting them off the streets. Over half of the swishy clients currently housed use wheelchairs or mobility devices and none of them have been placed in ADA designated units because there are none available in this company's portfolio and the contract does not allow for us to look for apartments in the community that better suit our clients needs. I'm being forced to place clients in inaccessible units. One client who I will call Bill is a double amputee who lost <laughs> his legs to frostbite last winter living on the Denver streets. We placed him in one of our larger available units. However, his bathroom is not up to ADA standards. He has to park his wheelchair in the corner of the bathroom because that is the only place it fits and crawl on his hands and what's left of his knees to the toilet or bathtub in order to use them. When I discovered he was doing this, I put in seven reasonable accommodation requests to make his apartment more accessible. As of today, none of these reasonable accommodations have been made. I was told by the maintenance technician at the building where Bill lives that the property management department of this company does not want to make these reasonable accommodations because it would open a quote, can of worms and property would be obligated to do reasonable accommodations for all wheelchair users placed in non-ADA units. So this isn't just an issue with the Swishy program. This is an issue in all programs at the organization where I work. People in wheelchairs deserve apartments they can use. They deserve bathrooms that are large enough and laid out to ADA standards so they can safely and comfortably access their bathrooms facilities. ADA exists for a reason, and it is being flouted by one of the largest service providers to unhoused people in the country and the largest in your state. I urge you to take action to improve tenant rights and access to safe, accessible apartments for people on housing vouchers, as well as people who pay rent out of their own pockets. Just because someone is on a housing voucher does not mean they should be placed in an inaccessible unit. Make no mistake, this is ableism. Without action from government officials such as yourselves, the organization for which I work will continue to place wheelchair users in inaccessible units, forcing them to literally crawl on their amputated limbs to use the toilet. Thank, Thank you, you very much. Our next speaker is L or EI Varen. 
I'm here to speak not only on my behalf, but on the behalf of two people that could not be here today. Those people are my best friend and my ex-husband. My best friend has been living in low-income housing for years. She has dealt with mice, bugs, mold, stabbings, an arson of a car I let her borrow, of having to witness the abuse that is happening next door because the walls are so thin of having to take custody of her neighbor's children because they have nowhere else to go. They also have restrictions like the fact that she can no longer hold a med card because she is a HUD voucher recipient. That is something that is medically necessary to her and is barred from her because of federal federal legislation and it should not be. My ex-husband was evicted from his place without notice, without any contact to his preferred method of contact, without 30 days notice. He is a decorated Marine Corps veteran and all of his uniforms and his paperwork and everything was thrown out. The only things that were retained was something that missed the trash can and the washer and dryer that they tried to reclaim as their own. I have personally lived in places that were handed to me dirty and expected to be pristine upon relinquishment. I have had places that tried to raise the rent $400 in one hike. People that can't afford to pay that also can't afford to move out and get out of that situation. This is creating homelessness for the sake of market price. In an apartment that has done nothing to justify that value, has done nothing to better that property and make it so that that is worth it for those residents. I have had to deal with a lack of accessibility as I have a disabled placard. I have been the only person in my building with a disabled placard, but it's treated like transient parking, like guest parking, like a loading zone, like, oh, I don't feel like walking far, so I'm gonna park in this parking space and take the only accessibility that I have away from me. And there's no protection for that. The property manager shucks me off to the ADA or the housing authority. And those- Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. That concludes our general public comment session today. Our next will be held on Monday, November 6th. Sign up begins at 11 a.m. No, ma'am, I'm sorry. We have other things to get to uh, in our next session. Um, Sign up begins at 11 a.m. on Friday, November 3rd. We look forward to hearing from everyone again. Thank you for attending and stay with us for the council meeting, which will start immediately.